0: Good evening and welcome once again to chat with Missy Strack. This evening we'll be discussing the juicy topic of Attic history. I'm joined to discuss this by three eminent atopian figures. Dara Denai is a historian specialising in the period SQ 33,500 to SQ 34,000, the crucial period of 500 quarters inside which falls the creation of Attic in SQ 33,683, as well as the events immediately preceding this and the following consequences. Fali Hoffer is an academic and author. His controversial book Secrets in the Attic... Attic, A-T-I-C, get it? His book, Secrets in the Attic, The Beginning of the End, was a bestseller in over 20 Attic territories, and he has just released his second book, Stronger Together, The Common History of Atopians and Minervans. And finally, we're joined once again by current Attic Senator Jaffa Kiri. Jaffa Kiri is the leader of the Atopian Nationalist Party, the Atopian Front. Senator Keary is well known for their bold policies, as well as their keen interest in... Um, Are we
1: sure that it's right to have a current politician discussing this rather sensitive historical period? Current politics are all too able to distort facts and at a time when we need clear historical analysis more than ever.
0: If you'd let me finish, S Hoffer, I was about to say that Senator Keary is well known for their interest in this particular historical period.
1: Revisionist interest.
2: Perhaps I could handle this, Missy. S. Hoffa is right that this is a crucial time period for informing current atopian policies. The creation of Attic has impacted almost every aspect of atopian life and I'm sorry to say it's not been all good. I think Eshofer will find that far from being a flag waving atopian supremacist who thinks that Attic is a great way for atopia to impose their will on other nations and lesser races, it is in fact a much more nuanced period of our history that warrants discussion. Well, thank you,
0: Senator, and I hope that answers your questions, Eshofer. Attic, of course, stands for the Atopian and Traxinian Interstellar Consociation, and the origin of the name is perhaps a good place to start. Estenai, could you perhaps tell us more about how this name was chosen?
3: Yes, of course. Thank you, Missy, and thank you for the invitation to be on your show. The forming of the Atopian Traxinian Interstellar Consociation took place amidst a period of intense interworld conflict. The Eutopians, Minervans and Trixinians had a long history of interplanetary trading and cooperation, which had led to prosperity for all three societies. In approximately SQ 33,400, these relationships started to break down, leading to a military intervention by Minerva, following a trade dispute that gradually escalated into a Cold War between all three sides. In SQ-33682, the great Atopia leader, Zadi Gorda, proposed a three-way truce between the great interstellar powers. All three nations were being hit hard by the continuation of the war, and this was well accepted on all sides. What Commander Gorda failed to anticipate was that her lack of attention to detail would be the unwinding of the treaty. In the negotiations, it became clear that neither the Atopians nor the Minervans were prepared to be named anywhere other than FIRST in the acronym used to describe the new union. In fact, Minervan leader Zalwatgos considered the suggestion of an Atopian-Trixinian and Minervan interstellar consociation so offensive that he immediately cut off talks with Commander Gorda and instigated his own consociation, which eventually evolved to become the Minervan Guild of Solidarity. Throughout the entire process, the Traxinians were so reasonable that it really is quite hard to imagine how they became caught up in the Cold War in the first place.
0: Oh, in my personal capacity as a Traxinian, and also on behalf of Traxinia, thank you very much. S. Hoffer, could you tell us what it was like on Atopia and Traxinia before the creation of Attic, Uh, maybe around SQ 33,680?
1: Yes, of course. And it might be useful to look at Minerva too. Minervan culture actually predates Atopia by nearly a million SQs.
2: I don't think that's quite right.
1: Well, carvings in prehistoric rock on Minerva have been dated from that period, and... whatever you may think about the artistic merit of the carvings, it's clear evidence of a sophisticated society that could focus on more than just hunting and gathering food. On the other hand, Atopian society, while founded at a later date, accelerated extremely rapidly. One cause of this was the extremely beneficial trade relationship that was established with Minerva, after Minervan ships established contact with
2: Atopia
1: seeking access to the rich mineral deposits on Atopia.
2: Exactly. Minervan growth is in fact built on Atopian minerals. And they only traded with us when they couldn't take it by force. And Atopia was about to launch our first interplanetary voyage anyway.
1: And there, Missy, you have a pretty accurate statement of the kinds of sentiments that led the originally peaceful trading agreement to break down. Minerva did indeed strike a hard bargain when they first flew down and established outposts on Atopia and used their superior developmental status to, as organisations such as the Atopian Front have pointed out, correctly take advantage of the Atopians.
0: Fascinating. So what were the exact sequence of actions? Do historians even agree on
3: this? Well, Missy, there are a core set of facts that pretty much all historians agree on. However, the interpretation of these facts and assignment of blame and causation widely differs based on the sources that you choose to prioritise. So the actual sources differ. Can you give us an example? Yes, of course, Missy. The main difference is whether you are looking at Minervan or Atopian records. And then there is the big difference, of course, between official government records on both sides and the populist news sources of the day.
2: And many sources are, of course, biased against Atopians.
3: Exactly, Senator. Every source is biased according to the beliefs of the person writing it. News articles are considered particularly poor evidence since they were pandering to the popular opinion of their specific viewership at the time and were rarely impartial.
2: Well, we did learn the truth about certain immoral Minervan practices regarding children through the simulcasts of the time.
1: I believe the Senator has just proved Dana's point.
3: On the other hand, even private government papers where they did not have to worry about judgment from the public cannot be considered completely impartial. The government still had beliefs that were specific to their own side and a need to maintain a certain line with other government officers.
1: M. Danny has given us a clear, concise and impartial description there of the facts that all sides agree on. Where I think current politics is endangering our ability to look objectively at historical past isn't giving as much weight to utopian propaganda of the time... to the actual facts of the situation that this can be very clearly seen in the current provocative exhibition at the imperial stadium which reports a view of history entirely distorted by atopian interests i
2: have to object to this s hoffer i feel that these revisionist protesters are forgetting that we are atopians and this exhibit is here on atopia We should be able to tell our truth freely, without having to pander to other perspectives.
1: Isn't telling one version of the truth without considering other perspectives entirely the definition of revisionist?
2: Are you questioning my morality, sir? I consider that an unacceptable breach of etiquette.
1: (laughs) Ha! Faux outrage. Such a convenient way to avoid discussing facts.
2: sir. This really is too far. Thank you. Thank
0: you, uh, S Hoffa and Senator Keary. This is such a deep and important topic that I wish we could discuss it all day. However, unfortunately, that is all that we have time for on this particular show. I'm sure that the debate will continue always with respect and in good taste for many days to come. It just remains for me to thank my guests... Dora Denai, Fally Hoffer, and of course Senator Jeff Akeary for their
2: insightful contributions to the show. Thank you. Delighted, dear lady.
1: Revisionist.
2: Goodbye.
0: and directed by Zoe Cunningham and edited by Delroy Philogene for Shoreditch Radio. Missy Strack was played by Zoe Cunningham, Jaffa Keery by Geraldine Brennan, Dara Denai by Agatha Esedine, and Fally Hoffa by CMJ Taylor. Additional voices were provided by Angela Harvey, Amy Lee Matthews, Anna Hawkes, Ty Glazer, Helen Rose Hampton, Wesse Houston-Jubo, Agatha Esedine, and CMJ Taylor.